Let's roll, baby. Welcome in yet another edition of East Coast Bias, backed by popular demand here on the Ringer Gambling Show. Of course, for our friends over at FanDuel TV, the triple threat back in action. You got Joe House, Raheem Palmer, yours truly, J.J. John Jastrzemski, as we continue our preview sesh as we move closer and closer to the start of the 2023 NFL season. And we will begin with the AFC West. And gentlemen, last year at this time, this was shaping up to be the juiciest and the quote-unquote best division in football. Let's think about some of the offseason narratives from a year ago. You had the Chargers and everybody gushing over Justin Herbert, over all the talent on that Charger team. You had the Broncos go and bring in Russell Wilson, and it was a lot of hype for what you would see with Denver. The Raiders, they went and added Devontae Adams and plucked him away from the Green Bay Packers. But yet, the Kansas City Chiefs lost, arguably one of the top three receivers in the NFL. They were slept on going into the regular season. They won the division with these. They ended up going to the Super Bowl. They ended up winning the Super Bowl. So on that note, House, I think it is fair to say we're not going to get the same value on Kansas City than we did a year ago, amigo. The only question, and, and I'll pose it to our analytics expert, the only question is whether the implied probability of minus 180 for the Kansas City Chiefs to win this division because that 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 you express that in the form of what is the likelihood? How would you gamble on the notion that Patrick Mahomes will miss any portion of the season? That would be the the the, the pathway by which the Chiefs might be vulnerable. There's only one team in this division, in my humble estimation, that has a shot at, at unseating Kansas City. It is the Chargers, who continue to be coached by Brandon Staley. But minus 180 is an implied probability. If this is a math problem, not something that we ever root for here on East Coast Bias, which is will a player get injured or not? But we're really thinking about what are the odds of Patrick Mahomes being injured and missing any significant time? Because otherwise, we love the Chiefs. We love the Chiefs. I love the Chiefs. We love the Chiefs. Dream, talk to me. I'm... I'm so glad you mentioned that. With the implied probability of minus 180, you're looking at a 64% chance that the Chiefs win this division. Now, they did have to replace both tackles. Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley both left. However, this is like LeBron in the Eastern Conference. I mean, you look at this, this Kansas City Chiefs team, in the five years Mahomes has been there, they've gone to the AFC Championship five straight times. So that tells you that that's what our floor is for this Chiefs team. So I don't necessarily recommend playing in division, but I think at, when you look at the plus 600 for them to win the Super Bowl, you could take that and put that in your back pocket because this team is always going to be there as long as they have Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Kelsey. Now, they are missing some guys. I mean, obviously, you do wish things were better at wide receiver, but it, it just you just see that when you have Mahomes, when you have Andy Reid, when you have Tyreek Hill, it almost doesn't matter. Okay. Is there any fear, Raheem? Kansas City wins their second Super Bowl. They proved all the doubters wrong last year. We've seen it with some teams over the years. 
And I know your point. Listen, Mahomes, every year, the team is tremendous. Every year, they're in the AFC title game. I know what those numbers are. But is there any concern throughout the regular season about a little bit of a malaise, or you don't see it that way? I do think there's some concern for the defense. Obviously, you lose Frank Clark. And obviously, there is still some concern with the wide receivers. But I just I, I just think this team, with the core of Mahomes, with the core of Andy Reid, with Kelsey, it just almost doesn't matter. I mean, you're looking at LeBron in the Eastern Conference going to eight straight finals. That's how special this is. Now, I'm not saying go out there and bet on the win total. Win total is 11 and a half. That is steep. But you can't bet against this team. You're looking at plus 600. It just feels like that's something that you could put in pocket and just wait to the end of the year and you'll have a chance to hedge out of it. So, like, don't bet against the Chiefs. That's what it is. In in fact, there are only two games on the entire schedule as we sit here right now. You know, 17 games that they're lined up to compete. They are at least a three-point favorite in every game except for week four at the New York Jets where they're only a one-and-a-half-point favorite, I think and week 18 at the Chargers, where they're only a one-point favorite, and that's because it's the end of the season, and who knows what kind of breast position they're going to be in. If you wanted to try and come up with a narrative where you want to fade um, the win total, you would talk about how they end the season with six straight games of rest disadvantage. Their opponents all come in. Now, the last six games, that's a lot. Um, and, and all of those opponents will have a rest advantage over the Chiefs. And then obviously they're playing uh, a Super Bowl champion schedule. So they're catching Buffalo and Philadelphia and Cincinnati because those are all the primetime games that we want to see. But they've handled that business in the past. It doesn't really scare me off. But if you're trying to come up with a reason to go 11 or, or under, that would be some of the stuff you would hang your hat on, I think. And they play a game in Germany as well. They lose the home game to Germany and they play the Dolphins there. So that is another reason. But other than that, it's just it's just tough to come up yeah. with any reasons. Well, guys, I'm telling you right now, I'm not I'm not taking that under. I, I hangover, no hangover. <laughs> There's no way in the world the Chiefs are winning less than 11 and a half games. They're just not. I, they're too good. The quarterback is too good. The coach is too good. The only way this bet to me ends up in peril is if we're talking about, to your point, Raheem, at house. A situation in which Patrick Mahomes is going to miss six games, eight games, and that is a monkey wrench that is thrown in. The other injury that, to me, would be a killer for them is Kelsey. Because I think if you took Kelsey out of the equation and all of a sudden, all right, Tyreek Hill has departed. He's in Miami. Oh, boy. Now Patrick Mahomes doesn't have either one of his security blankets. That could be eye-opening. But listen, health is there for the Kansas City Chiefs. Trust the coach. Trust the quarterback. They're winning the division. They're hitting their win total. Okay, Raheem. Last year, I was dumb enough to pick the Los Angeles Chargers to win the Super Bowl, knowing the L.A. Chargers or the San Diego Chargers, wherever they have played, they have not had a lot of good fortune that has come their way. Sure enough, the Chargers got off to a slow start. They rallied in the month of December. They beat a couple of sub-500 teams. They had the big win on Sunday Night Football against the Miami Dolphins. They made the playoffs. A lot of people made the argument, okay, the Chargers, now they're going to go on a run. Now they're going to make noise. They had a 27-point lead against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it was one of the worst meltdowns you're ever going to see in a playoff game from the head coach, who was incompetent, 
The quarterback stunk up the joint in the second half. The defense was terrible across the board. I got to wonder how that lingers potentially for the L.A. Chargers going into this year. Their win total is at nine and a half. We know, Raheem, this is a roster that has a lot of talent. It also is a roster that's littered with a lot of injury-prone players. Mike Williams is injury-prone. Derwin James is injury-prone. Where do we stand? I'm going to defer. Chargers, nine and a half. Your thoughts? Okay, my thoughts on the Chargers. I mean, you're looking at nine and a half. I think that's right around where the market should be. The biggest change that the Chargers made was they brought in offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. And I think that's going to make a huge difference for this team. I mean, last year you, you had Lombardi as offensive coordinator and like he coached Justin Herbert, who has one of the strongest arms in the league, like it was post-prime Drew Brees. I mean, like... There's no reason in the world why Justin Herbert should be 41st in intended air yards. I mean, this guy, this guy was throwing screen passes and throwing the ball shorter than Matt Ryan. His average depth of target was just 6.6 yards. So when you bring in Kellen Moore from the Cowboys, they should be throwing the ball downhill just for comparison. You look at 2019 Dak Prescott, he finished fifth in the league and average depth of target at 9.3 yards. So I expect the Chargers to be throwing the ball downfield, and that should help this team. And another thing, I will say that the Chargers, they really struggled with injuries last year. You look at Justin Herbert. He broke, he hurt his ribs in game two last year, and that impacted him the entire year. Justin Herbert only had 175 dropbacks all season with Keenan Island and Mike Williams. I think that changes. And then, one big thing is the Chargers, they got a nice rookie coming in with Quentin. I mean, love he's Quentin Johnson. Yeah, love him. Love him, Raheem. Yeah. Love him. Love yeah. them in college. He, he has some speed to him, and I think they're going to be able to throw the ball downfield. So the biggest thing is if Staley can get the, get the defense together, I think this team can make a run. But it's all on the coaching. It's all on the coaching. It's exactly the point. This would be a team that I would invest in otherwise and if i hear any inclination whatsoever that kellen moore the reason that they acquired him is because they're grooming him potentially to be the 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 replacement for staley and that staley's on then if i hear the first whisper of that then you'll see me going jumping in to hammer this chargers team because the only thing holding them back literally is brandon staley i mean the combination of him and lombardi last year put a put a ceiling on this team, an artificial ceiling on this team. Now they did have the injury misfortune. JC Jackson missed time. Uh, you know, Bosa, all, all, all of their most important skill players were dinged at some point, still got to 10 wins. Now they had a little bit of an easy schedule. They ended up going one in five against teams that made the playoffs last year. And then they ended up one in six because they played Jacksonville in the playoffs and lost that game. Golly, that was bad. But nine and a half is a wonderful number, number the way dream identified it. I hate laying juice on overs, but this is one where I think I'm going to go ahead and invest. It's minus 128 for the chargers to get to 10 wins. I kind of like it. And the reason I like it is because I feel like we're going to see a version of Justin Herbert that we haven't seen in his entire career. And every smart football person has been that's been watching this team has been begging 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 for the chargers to let justin herbert cook to to use the accuracy that he possesses to use that big arm i think we're finally going to see it 
I love them getting to 10 wins. That's 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 my uh, angle on the Chargers this year, JJ. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. And I do think there's going to be a little bit of a feeling out process with Kellen Moore in this offense. I do think that's going to take some time maybe to click over the first couple of weeks, and it might be a little bit of an adjustment period. I do think the Quentin Johnson pickup is monstrous because now it doesn't put as much stress on the idea of saying, hey, I got to have Mike Williams on the field. Somebody who, as talented as he is, the guy has made a glass. He never plays. He misses so much time, and they have a suitable replacement that they can slide in there. And the reason I like the Chargers as an over, it's going to be a nice transition of what we're going to get to coming up. They have a bottom of the division that, to me, has a whole lot of questions. So when we come back, it seems like, even though I'm not picking the Chargers to win the Super Bowl this year, I think nine and a half is a number I'm willing to get on board with. Can we make a case for the Broncos or the Raiders to be a surprise team this year? They had a lot of expectations last year. This year, not so much. Broncos, Raiders, we'll try to dissect that. That's coming up. The NFL futures are out, and now's the time to get in on the action early this season because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. And, you know, our team here at East Coast Bias has been in the lab working on our favorite NFL future bets. We love the Vegas Raiders as an under at six and a half wins. I'm investing in the Miami Dolphins to go make the postseason. It costs you even money. So, there are so many things you could do with these future bets. Go to the FanDuel Sportsbook app to find more options. There are tons of different player props like passing yards, TDs, rushing and receiving totals, and more. There are also great team markets like to make the playoffs, to win a division, and Super Bowl matchups. And you can parlay together different picks for even bigger payouts. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash gamblers to join today. There's no better place to get ready for the football season than on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NFL. So don't miss your chance to get $1,000 in bonus bets back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Go to FanDuel.com slash gamblers to sign up today. Must be 21 plus in present select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. First online, real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by Fandle. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and Fandle is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available, and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. Okay, boys. Last year, the Denver Broncos house were a team that some believed could go and be a legitimate Super Bowl team. 
yes, I can't believe I'm saying that with a straight face. And we know what transpired. Russell Wilson looked washed. Nathaniel Hackett looked like one of the worst coaches the NFL has ever seen. Even though you had a defense that was competitive for the most part, Denver was so historically bad offensively. This season went down the drain. They trade Bradley Chubb, uh, and they were an embarrassment across the board. They can't be any worse than what they were a year ago. I, th- I think we're all of the understanding that Sean Payton, who is an accomplished, successful NFL head coach, there's no way in the world they can be as bad as they were in 2022. My question to you, House, what's the ceiling for the Denver Broncos this year? Can the Denver Broncos be a playoff contender in this loaded AFC, A or nay? I am going to say nay. And the reason is because I don't believe that Russell Wilson is going to be better than he was last year. I think he is, to use the dreams, beautiful expression, Larry Holmes status. That dude led the NFL in combined interceptions and sacks. Led the NFL. Signed a contract for $575 million or whatever the astronomical number was. And then led the NFL in sacks and interceptions combined. Every advanced metric. Him under pressure, him not under pressure. He is a bottom five quarterback in the league. Now, I do believe that Coach Payton will manage this bum status of Russell Wilson. But what I'm looking up is, who's the backup quarterback in, in, in Denver? Because that, to me, is really the question that, that, that will dictate the, the, the fortunes of this team. I don't mind the notion of them being three games better, all because of Payton. And what he's going to impose in terms of a proper discipline and the short leash that Russell Wilson will have. I mean, you know, he's a sunk cost now. They are not going to get any kind of production out of him. The best they're going to do is the last season of New Orleans that where Peyton managed uh, the, the last bit, the last breath, the last gasp of Drew Brees. I don't know if Russell Wilson is going to be as good as Drew Brees was in his very last season. That's how bad... He is across the board. I like this team getting to eight wins. I don't know if I can get them to nine wins. It wouldn't surprise me if they got to, to nine wins. They did bolster the offensive line a little bit. They still have tremendous talent at the skill positions off, offensively. But at the most important position in football, they got a bum, JJ. What do you think, Dream? This is really hard for me because we have seen Russell Wilson on a decline the last three seasons, but last year absolutely takes the cake. And I'm blaming much of it on Nathaniel Hackett. He didn't play to Russell Wilson's strengths. You look at Russell Wilson when he was with Seattle, about 30% of his dropbacks were used in play action, setting up deep shots to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And Denver was just 18%. And you saw his average depth of target really drop. So I expect Sean Payton... This is a guy who got the best out of Trevor Simeon. He got the best out of Jameis Winston, who had a 30-interception season. He got the best out of Taysom Hill. And he got the best out of Ian Book. So I expect Russell Wilson to improve this year. We spoke at length about the injuries for the Chargers. 
Well, guess who was the number one team in adjusted games lost last year? The Denver Broncos. They had 148 games lost between their starters on offense and defense. So when you bring in Sean Payton, when you get guys healthy, I expect this team to be a lot better. This is really hard for me just because I do think Russell Wilson is on the decline, but I have so much respect for Sean Payton. I have so much respect for the work ethic of Russell Wilson. I'm going to go Broncos country. Let's ride. We're going to go over eight and a half wins. (laughs) Okay. I'm glad that you brought that up. Would you be willing, Raheem, if you're going to take them over eight and a half, the Denver Broncos are a plus 186 to make the playoffs in the AFC. Um, You think there's value there? That is tough for me. Um, And the reason why that's tough is because the AFC, it's really, really strong. I mean, you look at the AFC East, they could have three teams in that division when going to the playoffs. And the Broncos actually have to beat some of those teams to get into the playoffs because we all know that AFC West plays the AFC East. I'm just thinking that this team could sneak in and, and, and get nine wins, but... I don't know if I necessarily want to play them to, to make the postseason because I can see a 10-win team getting left out the dance this year. I'm right there with Dream on that particular proposition, JJ. Both the AFC East and the AFC North have the potential to send three teams in the playoffs. The rules don't permit it, but I could, you know, if, if they did, I wouldn't be shocked to see six teams come, three from the East, three from the <laughs> North, and then, you know, we, we only have seven playoff teams. It would be one from the South, one, but you, you get the point that I'm making. I don't see room for the Broncos on the dance card this year, notwithstanding how good their defense is. Shout out to that defense. They held on for as long as they could last season. They kept Denver in all of these one-score games. If Denver could have just scored one touchdown more per game, lowest scoring team in the NFL, you know, that the record would have been like 12 and five rather than five and 12. But, you know, uh, there's a, there's a, there's an if aphorism that I'm not probably allowed to say on television. So I'll just leave it at that. All right, so conflicting reports here on the Broncos. I do think they will be better. I think they'll be far more competitive. Am I willing to say Denver is going to go and have a winning year? I'm not willing to go that far. That's a stay away for me. I have one that is not a stay away. And I had this one circled immediately. Uh, I'm getting a cat out of the bag now, guys. The Raiders are going under six and a half games. They are going under six and a half games. I'm not a believer that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to go and play 16, 17 weeks. You throw in the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo does not have the same support system that he had with the San Francisco 49ers over the last couple of years. I think that's a major negative. I am not sold on the Raider defense. And most importantly, I think their coach is a loser. I think it's as simple as that. I talk to people, not that I'm Mr. NFL source, not that I'm Kevin Clark or Mina Kimes or any of these people, but for me, who is someone that is at Super Bowl week, for a week, not around NFL locker rooms for five months, I had about seven guys come up to me and say, McDaniels is a horror show. He is a disaster. And when I hear that, Raheem, from players around the league, and I think about the conference, and I just think about how players can quit on a coach, I just think the possibilities are there up the wazoo here. The Raiders still have some top-level talent. I wouldn't be surprised if there are rumors about those guys getting traded Midway through the year, I'm out on the Raiders. I think they have a chance to be one of the worst teams in the AFC. I am all over the under here, pal. Under six and a half wins for Vegas. 
I think this is going to be a family play. This is my absolute favorite NFL win total of the season. I, this is the dead nuts under. Under six and a half wins. You look at Josh McDaniel. You called him a loser. He's even a bigger loser than that. He's 17 and 28 as a head coach. When you look at the Raiders last year, they were six and 11. And they had double-digit leads and five games last year and went one and four. So this is a team that has showed that they cannot perform in the second half. When you look at teams who had double-digit leads like the Raiders did and went one and four, every other NFL team went 84 and nine. Yes, 84 and nine. So you combine that with Josh McDaniels. You combine the fact that they're bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo... When he's with Kyle Shanahan, he's really good. But outside of that, I just don't expect him to come in and play behind a bad offensive line and be able to stay healthy. In addition, look at the wild card. Josh Jacobs, NFL's leading rusher, 1,600 yards. He's holding out. If you don't have him to take the pressure off a bad offensive line and Jimmy Garoppolo, and then you look at Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is still one of the top-tier receivers. But Jimmy Garoppolo can't throw deep. So, I mean, this is this has a recipe of just going all the way bad. There's only a couple guys on that defense, Max Crosby, and, I mean, and the new guy that they drafted, Tyree Wilson, who should make an impact defensively. I love this. Argument. Man, this is an all-time family play. The price is minus 138. For all the betting buddies out there, East Coast bias is so strong on this Raiders under. We can't stand it. Dream laid out the case. I have very little to add to it except for look at Jimmy G's numbers under pressure. Look at the difference for Jimmy G when he's under duress versus when he's got, you know, a little bit more of a, of a stable platform and just say to yourself, is this offensive line going to be giving Jimmy G the kind of comfort that he needs to be successful? San Francisco could do it. The LA Raiders could not do it. Josh McDaniels will find himself back in the coordinator role, if he's lucky, somewhere in this league. And the Raiders under, and also Josh McDaniels as first head coach to be fired. Those would be my plays for this for this Raiders, upcoming Raiders season, fellas. It is a united front across the board. I was going to wrap it up with the boys and ask them what's their favorite over-under in the AFC West, but I don't even need to ask that question when I can sense the enthusiasm from Dream from Haas, and from yours truly. Lock it up. Stamp of approval. Raiders under six and a half wins. Don't worry about that juice they got away on FanDuel Sportsbook. You will be cashing yourself a ticket at the end of this football season. I think you'll be cashing that ticket right around the holiday season. If FanDuel's going to allow you to cash out, maybe you got a little extra loot in your pocket around Christmas time and whatnot. Now, when we come back, the burning question in the NFC West, can anybody challenge Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. Are you ready to believe that it can be Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks? Can it? We'll find out. Boys weigh in right after this. All right, gang, now it's time to break down the odds for the NFC West. And according to our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, the San Francisco 49ers, the class of the division, you got to lay... Serious juice on the Niners to go and win this division. They're at minus 165. According to FanDuel and our friends out in the desert, 
there's only one team that's really worth entertaining as far as a division bet. That would be Geno Smith and Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks, who were a playoff team a year ago at plus 200. The Rams, it's crazy to say, the team that won the Super Bowl two years ago, they are at 10-1 to win the division. And then the Arizona Cardinals, plus 2,700 to go and win the NFC West. So, how so start with you on this one. Niners, we know they're loaded. We know they're well coached. It really boils down to the quarterback, doesn't it? And we've seen with Kyle Shanahan, he's won with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's won with Brock Purdy. Now it's it's Brock Purdy. It's Trey Lance. We'll see if he's there. Uh, it's Sam Darnold. I kind of am at the point now with the Niners where, as crazy as it is to say, because we know what and how much importance there is to the quarterback position in the NFL. They find ways no matter who the quarterback might be, dude. I I can't see anybody beating the Niners in this division. I think the Niners are too damn good. The Niners are too damn good if, if, if they have steady quarterback play, if Brock Purdy can be protected. Because I think if we're stuck with, with uh, my man Darnold or we're stuck with my man Trey Lance, then stuff starts to get hairy. We're going to really get a good test of what Kyle Shanahan is capable of in terms of protecting a quarterback and maximizing an offense. So to me, it's a lot of, you know, we talked about the implied probability uh, associated with an injury to Patrick Mahomes. We were trying to assess what was going to happen with that division. I almost think the same analysis applies here with San Francisco. This team has been a top 10 most injured team in the league since 2017 they get injuries you know in in bunches san francisco for some reason but that, and 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 if you're looking the win total is 10 and a half the over is minus 142 so you got to lay a ton of juice for them to get to 11 and 6 it feels reasonable they only lost uh in the regular season the 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 their first game with christian mccaffrey on the roster and that was against the chiefs they're they're a, a, a damn good team on both sides of the ball, and the addition of um, Hargrave from the Eagles. Come on, I mean the rich just getting richer, but everything comes down to that quarterback situation. And you know they also have, for some weird reason, they play four teams over the course of this season coming off of buys. They have uh, 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 a a the worst negative rest edge of any team in the entire NFL for some reason. The, the NFL schedulers, they they must, John Lynch must have done something to piss those people off because they are putting it on the Niners. But look, on both sides of the ball, at, at virtually every position, they are tight. They're tough. I love what they got. It all comes down to the quarterback position. Tell me who's playing quarterback for the for the Niners, and I'll tell you my, posi- my, my opinion on, on the outcome, Dream. I think even if we know who's playing quarterback for the 49ers, there's still some questions. I love Brock Purdy. I love what he did coming in last year, looking like a young Tom Brady until he got hurt. But I think the the issue is this is a guy who was really lucky last year. He was fortunate not to throw more interceptions than he did. If you look at pro football focuses, grades. He had a higher turnover-worthy play rate than a big-time throw rate. So I think that says it all. But we know Kyle Shanahan... I mean, he has, like, he's 
been able to just protect any quarterback that he has. He has so many weapons around him. You got Devo Samuel. You got Christian McCaffrey. He just has so many weapons, and he's going to make it so that Brock Purdy is going to be able to just throw it to the places and, and be able to get it there. But this isn't the best offensive line we saw in the NFC Championship game. And I still think they haven't fixed those issues. So this is a tough one for me. I do think they're the best team in the division and they're in a really bad division. So I do think they'll probably win a division. If I mean, if they have one of those quarterbacks healthy, but I'm not willing to invest in it at all. All right, fellas, I'm stashing this one because of the pedigree of the organization in getting to and winning. Now, they haven't won a Super Bowl, and they've only gotten to the one Super Bowl, but they have been a factor, it feels like, year after year after year. I mean, you look, I think three out of the last four years, we've been talking about the San Francisco 49ers as a team in the NFC Championship game because they beat Rodgers and the Packers before the COVID year. Then you look at the Niners losing a heartbreaker to Stafford and the Rams. And then, of course, last year getting smoked by Jalen Hurts and that Eagle defense and what a performance by Hassan Reddick. I see the number to go and win the Super Bowl at 10-1. to And I look at this almost in a way I look at the Chief ticket. They are going to be in the mix in the NFC. The conference is not very good. Their roster is very good. I think they will absolutely be in play. That is a ticket I am stashing. Take it for what it's worth. I will be investing in these San Francisco 49ers despite their quarterback questions. 10 to 1 to go and win the Super Bowl. I think House, that's one I could work with come divisional round or come championship round. I think I'll have some maneuverability as they the say. The little hedge option should be sitting right there for you, JJ. Everything plays out the way it should in the NFC. Well, that's the idea. Okay. Raheem, Seattle. They were a playoff team last year. They exceeded expectations. Now a lot of people are thinking, all right. Seattle may be going to ascend. They improved on defense. They had a very good draft. Here's the burning question to me with the Seattle Seahawks. Is what we saw from Geno Smith a year ago sustainable? I, I think that to me is how you look at Seattle, whether or not they're a playoff team, whether or not they're a team that could go and challenge the San Francisco 49ers. I think you need to definitively answer the question, can Seattle get the same sort of year out of a guy who is a career journeyman, out of a guy who did not have much NFL success. All of a sudden last year, he had a lot of NFL success. He was hitting the deep ball. He cut down on the turnovers. He played high quality football. What is your take on what you're going to see from Geno Smith this year? Because that to me is the hardest thing for me, at least in trying to figure out what the Seattle Seahawks are going to be. I like like Brock Purdy. I think Geno Smith has gotten really lucky. He played really well last year, but you know, like I, I read this stat. Shouts to Cleve TA, but no quarterback with at least 300 pass attempts had more than 14 interceptions dropped as graded by Pro Football Focus than Geno. So I, I just think, I mean, what do he have? Almost a five percent turnover rate. Th- like, so I just think that's scary for me now. The one thing I will say about this Seattle Seahawks team is that they did improve the defense. I mean, they they brought some guys in, Draymond Jones. Um, they could not stop the run last year. They were 26 in rushing EPA per play, 26 in defensive EPA per play. I expect the defense to improve, but I'm not sure if I'm buying Geno Smith, so I'm going to sit this one out. I mean, I know there are going to be a lot of people on the over eight and a half wins, but I think if you get some film on Geno, I think some of those turnovers 
worthy throws. They go the opposite way, and that can completely change things. I think the 49ers are the cream of the crop in this division. So if you, if I would play anything, anybody to win this division, it'd probably be, be them. But I'm going to sit Seattle out. Yeah. So Dream made the the salient points as it relates to Geno's performance. He led the entire NFL in completion percentage, but also led the entire league in turnover worthy plays and had all kinds of interceptions. Dropped. I think, though, the improvement on defense. I, so I anticipate some regression out of Geno because he was on fire through the, like the first 10 games of, of the season. Over the balance of the season, he cooled off a little bit. And that's how they ended up with the losing record down the stretch. And that's how they ended up at, at only nine wins. I personally think they get to nine wins again. My favorite bet for the Seahawks is to make the playoffs at minus 122 because the over on the win total is minus 142. Now, I do think they're going to make it to to nine wins. Uh, I think they're going to actually repeat the same record as last year. A lot of that has to do with the opportunity to play the Arizona Cardinals twice and the LA Rams twice. That, that helps that math quite a bit. But speaking of math, they also, you know, I think you get two teams out of the NFC East. You get uh, San Francisco and Seattle out of the West. And then, you know, possibly one, only one team out of the NFC South. And that leaves one team for the NFC North. The, the math, I think, is is supportive of, of a pathway for Seattle to make the playoffs. And, and you know, they got better on, on offense and on defense. The additions, the, the, the drafting of Zach Charbonnet and what he's capable of catching the ball out of the backfield, that should take some pressure off of Geno, I hope. I like that quite a bit. Obviously, Jackson Smith and Jigba alongside uh, uh, DJ Metcalf and, and Lockett. Man, that's a that's a trio right there. Um, and, you know, the, the the defense, they the Bobby Wagner return, Jaron Reed. I, I just respect Pete Carroll. Uh, one of the stats that, that I saw uh, in the in the research, he, he wins. All he does is win seven games every single year. He doesn't doesn't lose, you know, enough to get under seven. So if I want to get from seven to nine and collect my 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 playoff ticket, that feels like a reasonable thing in view of the division that they're in and the improvements on both sides of the ball. Maybe it takes a little pressure off of uh, Gino having to have another hero season, JJ. There's no doubt Pete Carroll did one of the best coaching jobs in 2022 in getting that team to the playoffs. And I do think you're onto something there, House. You don't want to get nuts with the win total and lay that juice. Seattle strikes me as a team that could get to nine wins pretty easily. And if they get to nine wins, the odds are probably in their favor that they're going to be a playoff team. So I have no problem with that endorsement. That is a bet I would make Seattle think, to go and make the playoffs. I think they have a really interesting schedule. And the reason I say that is because when you look at week 16 through 18, they play the Titans, who could be out of it at that point. They play the Steelers at home, and then they play Arizona week 18, who we all know is probably tanking. But from weeks 12 to 14, it's an absolute monster. You play San Francisco, then you go on the road to Dallas, then you go on the road to San Francisco, then you play the Eagles. So I don't really want to get involved with this one too early because I think those those weeks 12 through 15 could make or break their season. And then I think, you know, you could possibly get a better number on them making the postseason at that point. That is a nice soft landing spot at the end of the year, especially that Arizona week 18 game. Give me a winning in week 18 game against the tanking Arizona Cardinals. Please sign me up right now. All right. When we come back, there are two teams in this division where the expectations couldn't be any lower Rams from where they were two years ago. Cardinals enough said 
Is there a pathway for either team finding a way to be competitive? We'll find out if that pathway exists. Coming up. All right, guys. I'm starting with the Rams because two years ago, they were on the top of the mountain, Raheem. They won the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford had his moment. Cooper Cup had his moment. McVay and Aaron Donald had their moment. And they got old fast. Matthew Stafford didn't look right when he was out there. Uh, Cooper Cup got hurt. Uh, Von Miller was gone. Uh, You just name it. Jalen Ramsey, the whole deal. It, It just fell apart for the Rams. They still have some of those dudes in place. I think a lot of people are surprised, quite frankly, that Sean McVay ended up back in L.A. coaching the team because I think a lot of folks assumed season goes south, he's burnt out, he's going to end up broadcasting on Amazon or maybe have a podcast at The Ringer. Who the hell knows with Sean McVay? But can you see a pathway for the Rams finding a renaissance this year, a 10-1 to go and win the NFC West? Stafford, another year older. Cup, another year older. Donald, another year older. They were spunky a little bit down the stretch with Baker Mayfield. Meaningless games, take it for what it's worth. How do you read the Rams right now going into the year? There's no chance that this team is going to win the NFC West. Um, This is not a team with a ton of talent. I mean, this is a team that is about to go into rebuilding mode. But this is a team that could be competent. However, they face a really tough schedule. I mean, you're facing San Francisco. You're facing Cincinnati. You're facing Philly. Like, you're facing those guys early on in the top five games. And there's real tanking possibilities with this team. And, like, this offensive line still hasn't been fixed. There's just no way in the world that this team is going to win the NFC West. I wouldn't even recommend them to go over their win total. However, I do think they're going to be competent. We saw last year when they brought in Baker Mayfield, they were a tough out. They were a team that you couldn't just blindly bet against them. So I expect them to be a team that, it's going to be competent. You could play them on the spread and, and they'll fight. So, but I just don't think they have a ton of talent. This is a team that's always been stars and scrubs. And now, like, they have these cat issues and they don't have as many stars as they had in, in previous years. So um, I'm staying away from this win total. I'm, I'm staying away from every future related to them. Yeah, I think we can say, Dream, they have officially transitioned into scrubs. There are not many stars, and it really doesn't make sense for the Rams to be peddling their their, their, their remaining talent out on the field and having those dudes take the blows. I mean, Stafford had multiple concussions last year. What's the point of Aaron Donald at this point in his career, you know, out there grinding for for this team? I love the under on the six and a half wins. This is one of my favorite bets. uh, And I gave it out on on this show, you know, uh, maybe a month ago, three weeks ago. You mentioned the schedule. They they have to go up against the AFC North this year. And they start off at Seattle, home against San Francisco, at Cincinnati, at Indy, which, by the way, I can't wait to talk about Indy. Indy's starting to catch my attention a little bit, notwithstanding the insane owner, but we'll get there. Then they have to play Philadelphia at, at home. I mean, you know, they only catch a breather when they play Arizona. There's only two games on their schedule, I believe, where they're favored, uh, favored uh, and, and they're at Dallas and at Green Bay. This is a murderer's row of a record, and it just doesn't really make sense. This is a team that should be 
immediately entering their submission for the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. That's what makes sense. Keep Caleb in LA. Let him float that star power and put some butts in seats at SoFi. That's the right angle for the LA Rams. I'm under the six and a half wins for the Rams, JJ. Well, and that's the sort of thing that might keep Sean McVay around a, a little bit longer as the team finds their way in the transition. And the reason why I can't get on board with anything involving LA, too much uncertainty about Matthew Stafford, number one. Number two, there's an element in play where they get off to a slow start. And hey, let's see what we could get for Cooper Cup. Hey, Aaron Donald, you want to go chase another ring? Maybe there's a team desperate enough to go and give me a first-round pick or two first-round picks or something insane for Aaron Donald to go and chase ring number two. Like, that avenue is in play for the Rams to go and just restock and retool this whole operation by the time the year ends. I know there's still some top-level talent there, just too many questions, and they're finally paying the piper for, hey, all in, F them picks. Well, they got their ring, they won their title, but now the credit card bill has come in. So uh, they're paying that credit card bill this year, and they might be playing it next year, and on and on we go. All right, Arizona. Listen, another team that might be tanking for Caleb Williams. I have no idea what you're getting from the new coaching staff. I have no idea what you're getting with Kyla Murray. On the surface house, I scream under, but the total is so insanely low when you have a win total at four and a half wins, oh man, you just, it, it's the NFL. Teams luck into a couple of these wins. That's the only reason that I have hesitation for Arizona at four and a half. That's the only reason why, because I think the roster stinks. I think the team stinks. I think they're a total mess, but teams luck into wins. I've seen it year after year after year. So you're being careful with that one. You say, hey, screw it. They're going to go and lose. A zillion games this year. You got nothing to worry about. I I don't want anything to do with this team. I'll just, you know, calmly sit on the sidelines and watch them take their L's. The one thing that I wish was possible, I would love to see what happened in their interview with Jonathan Gannon when they were sitting in the room across the table from each other. What did Jonathan Gannon say to those dudes to convince them that he's capable of being a head coach? Because he was bad as a defensive coordinator in Philadelphia. Ask any Philadelphia Eagles fan how they felt about Jonathan Gannon as their defensive coordinator. Now, maybe it's deliberate, right? Maybe this is the game plan in Arizona. Bring this young boy in, doesn't have a very distinguished uh, uh, track record, um, and, and you know, has, has a, a questionable outcome. With all that talent that the Philadelphia Eagles possess, he left the middle of the field wide open. It's what drove Philly fans crazy. Now, look, Philadelphia's defense was outstanding last year. I mean, I I, I get where I'm coming from. Uh, I, I understand the, the vulnerability of, of the argument that I'm making here, but this is a rebuilding year for for them. You know, what, what they did with, with Nuke um, proves it, and who knows? Kyler Murray's a, 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 a sunk cost now. Maybe, maybe he's on the trade block. There's going to be some teams that are going to need quarterbacks as this season Goes along, I think Matthew Stafford should be on the trade block. I would put Kyler Murray on the trade block, you know, uh, without hesitation uh, and just see what you you can get. It is a rebuild mode for this team. Don't want to touch anything having to do with their their fortunes in this upcoming season, JJ. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think this one is tough. I mean, obviously, this is a rebuilding year, like you said, House. Um, but I, I think you bring in Jonathan Gannon, and I think they'll they're going to play hard for him, and I think that's that's pretty clear. But there's just not a lot of talent on this roster. Obviously, you you let. Hopkins leave. I mean, like you just, I mean, you got guys like JJ Watt retiring. Um, it's just, I'm not expecting much from this team, but the win totals at four and a half. So what value can you get? I mean, when you're looking at a bad Rams team who we just spoke on going under and they play in a division with this team, which is four and f- which has a four and a half win total. It's just like, what do you even do? So, t- I mean, to me, like, we know Kyler Murray probably isn't going to play all year. I mean, he could come back, but why risk bringing Kyler Murray back early when you could just tank for a higher draft pick? Colt McCoy, he's competent, but he doesn't have a ton of op- upside at all. So for me, I, I just I don't have anything on this one. I know there's probably going to be some people who play Arizona worst <laughs> worst record in the league, but we tend to see coaches overperform in this spot. So I don't want to go under on a win total this low. And I just, I think you almost got to look for them to overperform. Boys, before we say goodbye, we'll come back and try to figure out if you want to bet these preseason games, how the hell you do it. That's coming up. All right, before we say goodbye, listen, House and I don't bet preseason. We just, I won't do it. Raheem, you will. So for the folks out there, very quickly, best strategy to go and attack these preseason games coming up. Okay, the best strategy for attacking preseason games is that you actually have to do your research. You have to go read about the beat writers. You have to read what the coaching strategy is. You look at a team like the Baltimore Ravens. They've won like 26 straight preseason games. John Harbaugh goes for it. And you you look at a team like the Baltimore Ravens. They have Lamar Jackson at quarterback. However, their backup quarterbacks are in the same realm as Lamar Jackson. They're running quarterbacks. So that's why they tend to do well. So it's all about looking at what the coaches want to do, reading what the beat writers have to say, what is the strategy going into these games, and finding out who's starting, who's playing second and third rotations because that's what matters. Also, one other thing I want to say is that one and two are key numbers in NFL preseason. You have to understand that teams aren't playing for overtime. They're trying to get the game over. So if a team is down seven with a minute to go, they're going for two. So one is a key number in the same way that three, seven, and 10 are. So that's, you know, just some advice for betting preseason. Listen, love a little advice when we need it. Doesn't mean I'll be betting any preseason. So for those of you out there, take that for what it's worth. For Raheem House, JJ, signing off. Good job by the Wargon Warrior. Back next week, crazy kids. Be good, everybody.